Yeah. We need to turn the volume up. Yeah. Oh, okay. You need Brian? Yeah. Brian. You're needed. I'm giving the That's what it is. So I played. Come on. Go ahead. Come on. Man, Mama. So what we gonna do with Mama and Mama? <laughs> All right, go back. Go back. Y'all want me to sign today? I love you. Okay. No. Right. <laughs> you are Welcome to Deep Keep Baptist Church. If you please stand and turn to 555 and let's sing, I love you, Lord. Thank you. 
And before you sit down, why don't you turn to your neighbor, shake their hand, give them a hug, whatever, tell them that you're glad to see them today. to Deep Creek Baptist Church again and uh, I am thrilled to death to, to be back. I'm, I'm feeling 100% better and the trick to feeling better is uh, not only is it day quill and night quill but it's those little red hot atomic ball fireballs they will clean you out up here. Um, birthdays and anniversaries are um, Miss Kathleen will stand up. She has a she has an anniversary, and also brother Robert, stand up, brother. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're gonna sing happy birthday to them. And are there any other birthdays or anniversaries? All right. So if you'll start. Day to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Kath <laughs> Kathleen's birthday is today. Robert's is the 15th. So wish him happy birthday. Give him a hug. Give him a spanking. No, I'm just. <laughs> okay, if you please stand again and turn to number three. Worthy of Worship is our next song.
Well, once again, uh, welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church. We've come through our announcements, praises, and prayer requests. But before we do this, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this wonderful day. Lord, we thank you for the mercies and the blessing that you bestowed upon this past week. Lord, we ask you to continue to shine your light upon us. Lord, give us strength. Give us wisdom so that we can share you with a dark world. Lord, I ask you to bless this time together. Lord, I ask you to, to let everything that's done and said here today be pleasing to you. Lord, I love you and I ask all this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Uh, there are no announcements unless anybody's got any. Okay. Church, I saw this on Facebook. And I said, bless our schools. Pray for our next generation. And it's today Amen. 4.30. Pick you a school and go to flagpole. I'm going to go. You're going? Great. All right. Well, then you can ride with me, all right? All right. Thank you. Um, any other announcements? Praises and prayer requests. Um, I would like, I think she's on, I don't know if she's on here or not. Uh, I want to add Zona Connor to the prayer list. Um, that's Sharon's sister. Uh, uh, we went out to eat last night, and uh, we went to Sanford to, to Bay Breeze, and uh, there was three carloads of all of us related to each other. And uh, when we got there, uh, she, Zona was leading the way, so she was way ahead of us. And uh, anyway, make a long story short. She stopped and used the bathroom. When she got back and met us at the at the restaurant, she was not feeling well. And so anyway, they wound up having to call EMS, and they brought her to more regional. She's still in the hospital. Uh, don't know if it's a bug or if it's her uh, uh, Crohn's or what it is. Uh, but lift her up in prayer. Uh, she was, uh, um, for lack of a better term, she was uh, excreting at both ends. So... Uh, just keep her in your prayer. Um, any other praises and prayer requests? Uh, my dad is having surgery on the 17th. Okay. And, uh, he's having surgery on the 17th. Uh, he's having surgery on the 17th. Uh, he's having surgery on the 17th. Okay. All right. All right. 17th. Okay. Any other? Go ahead, John. Just a couple words for us. We need to keep praying for the, um, the Nichols family. They're already on there. Alberta and Herman mm -hmm. are already on there. So we need to keep praying for them. Um, we need to pray for a great 
Okay. Teresa Burnett um, family. And then, um, I know that we mentioned the student and teachers, you know, all the kids that are going about getting ready to go back mm -hmm. to school and pray for them, but also pray for the teachers. Mm -hmm. um, and um, then there was a special prayer for a Dermier who's going to be going into the first grade. Um, be in prayer for Derby here. Okay. And then uh, there was a phrase about uh, Jim McDermott. He's out there preaching. Good. That's, uh, yeah, um, and I have one more addition. Um, Pat Leach. If some of you know him or don't, you need to pray for him. Uh, Pat is a veteran. Um, his uh, wife is a team mom for one of the little youth football teams. Anyway, they were in the mountains, and uh, or he was in the mountain, and he had a, a incident, and uh, he wound up in the hospital up in Boone, and they've transferred him from Boone to the VA hospital in uh, Asheville. So just pray for the Leach family. Uh, he's having some, uh, he has some issues with his blood pressure dropping, and and his sugar went low, and he doesn't have sugar problems or blood pressure problems, but he's also having some. Uh, post-traumatic stress stuff. That's why they moved him to the VA. So uh, pray for him. Pat Leach. Um, any other? I have one, Jerry. Huh? I have a praise. Okay. Vince went for his six-month cancer checkup and all clear. Vince went through this month's cancer checkup and he's all clear. Amen. 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 Um, also, Kathleen. She she needs traveling mercies because they're. They're going to Chicago. Uh, not only does she need traveling mercies, anybody got an extra flak jacket or something that they can wear while they're there, uh, and hedge of protection. Um, there you go. Good. Yeah. Tanner says you can borrow his. Thank you. <laughs> uh, any other praises or prayer requests? Yes, sir, that reminds me. Uh, it's been a real busy summer for us, and well, we'll be out the next couple weekends. Um, okay. We, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be traveling. So, okay. Uh, prayers for our travels. Okay. Uh, and uh, my mother is coming out the first uh, Labor Day weekend. Okay. So she is. She's been watching online for yeah. some time, and she's happy to be able to uh, participate. Well, good. Good. That's excellent. Also, you want to keep Tanner in your prayers because uh, sometime here, what, October? Early October. Early October, Tanner is going to be deployed somewhere. Uh, so just keep him in your prayers and that God will put a hedge of protection around him and his uh, fellow soldiers and uh, bring them back home safe to us, keep them out of harm's way. So we can start praying that now so that hedge will be there wherever they arrive. Um, any others? Andrew Hash, Jerry. Andy Hash, yeah. All right, Andrew Hash is, I think he's on our prayer list. Um, he has stage four cancer, and uh, it hasn't spread other than just in his lungs. And so uh, continue to pray for him. He's going through chemo and all that right now. And uh, he said it's... Uh, He said it's tough on his family, he said, but it's easy to praise God through terminal illness. So that says a lot for him. So just keep uh, the Andy, Andrew Hash family in your prayer. Uh, are there any others? Any other praises? Go ahead, David. Yeah, praise. Just, just praise God. Uh, of course, love is compassion, is mercy for us, and just praise God that He provides 
everything we need to take care of what comes before us each and every day. Amen. Pray we're going to do so with your fault. Amen. Amen. Okay. Oh, so Renee, uh, so Diane's at the beach too? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I got you. They're stuck at the beach. That's right. I forgot. The, I used to call Robert. I said, Where are you at? He said, Stuck at the beach. I said, Well, what a great place to be stuck at, you know. Uh, so, anyway, any others? Praises, prayer requests. Go ahead, Jason. Okay. All right. There's no others, then let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day, Lord. We, we lift up to you every concern that was made today. But also, Lord, we lift up the praises, the things that you've done, the great reports that we get for people being cancer-free and you working, Lord. You're just amazing at what you do. Lord, we love you. We ask you to continue to shine your love and your mercy and your protection upon us, those that are traveling, Lord. We ask you to be with them, give them traveling mercy. Lord, we ask you to put a hedge of protection around them no matter where they go. Lord, we ask you to keep them out of harm's way. Also, Lord, those families that are grieving, Lord, wrap your arms around them. Bring them close to you. Let them feel your presence, Lord, so that they can have their hearts healed and rely upon you who is the giver and sustainer of life. Lord, we love you. We ask all this in your holy and precious name. Amen. If you please stand, our next hymn is 628, He Touched Me.
your mercy. Uh, we praise you for your forgiveness. We praise you for the blessings you provide us every day. We love you. We thank you for our military, our first responders. We ask that you protect them. Uh, be with our country, Lord. Be with our elected officials. Uh, God, their, um, their processes, Lord, and um, use this money as you see fit, Lord. We love you again. We thank you for everything you did. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you will turn to Second Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, and uh, I'm going to probably start reading in verse five, but I'm going to focus on verses seven uh, through ten to get a little context. Um, uh, Paul and and Silas and, and uh, Timothy in this letter to. Thessalonia, you know, the church of Thessalonica was being persecuted. Uh, Paul himself started the church there, and then he got run out of town uh, because of the persecution, but the church thrived. Um, and so with that, uh, I'm going to start reading in, in verse 5, and then we will uh, we'll go from there. Uh, I actually, I'll probably read in, in verse 4. Uh, Paul sends this... Uh, let me just set this up. Paul and Silas and Timothy uh, were writing a letter, uh, in Paul, to uh, the church in Thessalonica and to the Thessalonians. Uh, and as he always did, he said, Grace unto you, uh, that's verse 2, Grace unto you and peace from, the, from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. We, we are bound to thank God always for you. Brethren, it is uh, met because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other abound, aboundeth. Verse 4, so that 
we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that, that ye endure, which is manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. Seeing it, it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you and to you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and be glorified in all of them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, that we have the ability to understand and have your word written. I ask you, Lord, to open it up. Give us the understanding that we need to be able to apply it to our lives today. Lord, I love you and I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The reason I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this is because the Thessalonians were facing terrible persecution. And we're facing troubles today. Think about it. Look at the news. What do you see? Trouble. Who are the ones who are being marginalized? Who are the ones that are being taken out of the public square? Who are the ones who are being... Uh, discriminated against because of their beliefs. If you just pick up the newspaper and read different articles, you will find out that the Christian faith has been under attack for many decades here in the United States, but specifically now. And there's all kind of things going on. You, you know, those on the left or on the right or whatever that you disagree with or disagree with our principles, they will make up terms to describe it. Because the Bible speaks about homosexuality, we are homophobes. Because the Bible speaks about other things, we're this kind of phobe or that kind of phobe. And they're just and everybody gravitates to it and they add it to the dictionary. And then if they don't like the meaning of a word that has meant something for hundreds of years, they change the definition. They will Take and steal any sign of goodness and pervert it. Think about it. Think about it. Why do you think that the, that the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ community has chosen the rainbow? Because that's an affront to God. God gave us the rainbow as a promise that he would not again wipe out the earth by water. That was our promise. That was his promise to us. A visual that we could see and count on that he made a promise to us. And then they perverted it. You know they're going to burn in hell for that. Unless they repent. If you disagree with them, here's the thing. I told them in the, in, in, in the youth group this morning, I had a chance to speak to them. The, that community of alphabet will come at you and they will tell you that you either hate them if you disagree with them or 
You affirm them. There's no middle ground. Well, if you are a Christian, you can neither hate them nor affirm them. God's Word tells us that we are to love all creatures, especially those created in His image. They are created in His image. We cannot hate you by the Word of God. At the same token, God has called homosexuality in all of its forms an abomination. Therefore, because of God's word, we cannot affirm it because we're following God's word. Now, we can love you, we can talk to you, we can show you peacefully the errors of your ways, but we can neither hate you nor can we affirm your lifestyle. And they can't have it that way. They can't stand it. We're being persecuted from all sides. We're being moved and marginalized from the public square. These were the things that was happening in Thessalonica. That church was under tremendous pressure. They were being persecuted left and right. And you know what they were doing? They were growing in the word exceedingly. Exceedingly. You know what that means in Greek? That means they were flourishing. Yes, they had troubles. Yes, but they were growing. And their faith was leaps and bounds. Spurgeon said of this that what you need to do is be like the Thessalonians. Set yourself and grow. And then when you reach the spot where you wanted to go, grow more. And then set you another example and grow more. And when you think you've grown all you can, grow more. And then you might come to godly wisdom. We're always to be growing. We're always to be striving. We're always to be growing in the Word. The reason the church flounders is because two reasons. One, we have people that don't grow. And so they're just stuck because they refuse to take the time of the day to read the Bible. And that's not, a, that's not a, an indictment on anybody. It's an in general statement and it is a factual statement. Because if the church had been growing in wisdom and if the church had been growing in spirituality, the things that are going on in this world today would not be happening. Because we would have been stopped a long time ago by righteousness. We would have never let these people influence and indoctrinate our children. Never. Never. But here we stand today. And so the other thing is, is not only are they growing and that, but their faith is growing. Their spiritual dependence on God is growing. What comes out of persecution? Patience and faith. And I'm going to tell you, I went through a spell in my life and I prayed for patience. I will never do that again. How do you get patience? You get tried and tested until you arrive. And let me tell you something. For three and a half years, I prayed for patience. And for three and a half years, every day, I had something that I had to learn to wait on. I had something come upon me that would require patience. Having been in the military, when I was young, patience is not something we're taught. You can ask any veteran in here that had to stand in line at 3 o'clock in the morning to be at an event that was at 10 o'clock in the afternoon, in the morning. Hurry up and wait. I don't wait. I can't stand it. It drives me insane. We can go on vacation and there'll be this great restaurant that everybody wants to go to. If there's a line outside, Jerry's not eating there. I stood in line every day for three years to get my three meals and I ain't doing it. 
just ain't doing it. Uh, now, if it's out there for advertisement and they're moving pretty quick, that's a different thing. But if they're stuck out there, nah. If you pull up to a place and they got benches outside, nope, that ain't for me. That means you're going to be there a while. Are they passing out them little electronic things? Nah. But anyway, I digress there. But patience. They grow in this when you're being persecuted. The church grows the fastest when it's being inundated from outside pressure. Look in the countries where the people, the Christians are being persecuted. The churches are exploding. Why is that? Because the word of God is true and the word of God is eternal. Now it talks about these things that happen. How many of us get discouraged when we see about all the defeats that's going on? Every one of us in here has a political lean. And we see people getting away with things and we see people that ought not be done getting, getting persecuted and prosecuted. It's upside down. We're in a world where things are changing to where vice and crimes are becoming virtues and virtues and honesty are becoming crimes. <clears throat> and we think we're losing. We think we're losing. Oh, we'll never win. Our, our country's disappearing. Irregardless of whether our country disappears or not, our victory is secure in Jesus Christ. He has won the battle. Yes, we struggle. Yes, we watch the news and we hear about everything that's going on around us. We see all the, the injustices that's going on. But we are saved by a just and righteous God. And when it comes to the time of, uh, of people to make their penance, those who disagree with God and reject God, they're going to get exactly what they deserve. They're not going to get anything more than what they deserve. And they're not going to get anything less than what they deserve. They're going to get exactly the righteous punishment that they deserve from a righteous God. God is not going to force them to do anything. He did not force you to come to Him. He is not going to force them to do anything but bend their knee and pronounce God as Lord. They will do that. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then after that, they are going to... Now, you know how I say this. It's not, it's not biblical and it, it, it's not theological, but it's in my mind. And I'll put it out there and just know that this is my opinion only. Not backed up by any theologians or any Bible verse. But they're going to be sitting in a chair and they're going to give an account. And then when they say their name's not in the Lamb's book of life, after their knee has bowed and they have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, somebody's going to pull the lever like a catapult and launch them into the lake of fire. There to be forever. Separated from God with all the faculties of their mind knowing they messed up. Knowing that they will spend eternity in dark fire with no, no, no relief. Forever. All of these things that church that we do are have eternal consequences. And I asked the question a thousand times. Who's here today because of you? Think about that. But the bigger question it is, who's not here today because of you? Have we become so puffed up in our salvation that we are pushing people away rather than attracting them in? I explained to the youth a little bit while ago, for lack of a better term, but it was a great analogy. I thought. You might not think so. Uh, 
the youth that are in our youth group that have a relationship with Jesus Christ, for lack of a better term, they're the cheese. They're the cheese. They're the bait to attract their friends to come in and so that we can love on them and introduce them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're the trap. And then when they get into the trap, Jesus Christ is the Savior. He's the one who releases them from the trap of life and the lift and all of this that's going on. Jesus Christ is the one who gives them eternal life. It's not just that we have life and we've been forgiven of our sin. We have been called to a relationship and grafted into the family of God Almighty. You are called the sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters of Jesus. The sons and daughters of God. Not just this. Let me put it in context. You are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. You are the sons and daughters of God Almighty. The creator of the universe. The giver of all good gifts and graces. The just one. The holy one. The one who is righteous. The one who is just. And the one who cannot change. When he makes a promise to you. He cannot break it. God cannot lie. When we understand that that's who we are. We're part of that family. Our whole lives and our demeanor should change. There is a difference between transformation and reformation. Transformation calls you and changes you to be what God has called you to be by His help. Reformation changes your attitude and your outlook. We're looking for transformation, not reformation. In our present circumstances in this troubling times, we're, they're overshadowed. All of these things that are going around us should be overshadowed by the overwhelming glory and faithfulness that shall bring Jesus Christ in His coming to the earth. We're going to bask in that. What did He say in His Word right here? He said, be glorified. It, so that, Let's see. Verse 10. When He shall come... <coughs> excuse me, to be glorified in His saints and be admired in all of them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Paul passed it on to us. We're to pass it on to others so that in that day because of our testimony among you was believed that Christ can be glorified in His saints. Now, I talked to Christians and I said, Hey, how does it feel to be a saint? Oh, I'm no saint. Well, so what are you saying? Jesus Christ called you a saint. Not the kind of saints that they have in the other denomination. You're a saint because God has called you a saint. You're a saint not because you performed some miracle or something. Not because somebody was healed because of your image. You are a saint because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, Period. Period. None of us can move forward, have access to God or any of this without having been called and saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and His action on the cross and His death, burial, and resurrection. The death, burial, and resurrection was God's acceptance of the Lamb's sacrifice. When He comes again, you know, He came the first time He was a Lamb. When he comes the second time, he's coming as a lion and a lamb in his full glory. 
He's coming as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's coming as the conqueror and the ruler of all. That's what He's coming. Why are we fearful about the things that are going on? Yes, they trouble us. There's conspiracy theories and there's conspiracy theories that are becoming facts. All of these things are going on at the same time. But all of this is going to work to the glory of God and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Why worry about it? We know what's going to happen to us. The absolute worst thing that can happen to you is that somebody take your life. And the moment that you are a saved individual and somebody takes your life in the presence of God Almighty, you win. You win. You will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. None of us know when that day is. All of us are rejoicing to get there, but all of us have this desire in us. I don't want to go right now. I don't want to go 10 years from now. God gave us this desire in us to fight for life. That's why you can't hold your own breath. You might pass out, but you ain't going to die. Because it's in us. It's in We are fighters. Every one of us are fighters for righteousness. How many of you get upset when you see an injustice? I'm an older brother. I'm the oldest. So it irks me to no end to see the little guy get picked on. It does. That's just my nature. But you know what? Most of the bullies I've ran into in my life, they got theirs. They're not as bad and as mobile as they think. And usually they got four or five people backing them up. But I found out that if you just hit them in the mouth, not sometimes you have to do it physically, but most of the time today you can do it verbally. The rest of them leave. They don't want none of it. Stand up. We have a calling and a mission. There's three things that's got to happen. The exponential, fantastic, super intelligent of knowledge expansion. That's happening today through technology. Pretty much everywhere in the world, even third world countries, you've got the internet. And you have boatloads of information at your fingertips. The other thing that has to happen is the expansion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's got to go to every corner of the world. It's getting there. It's getting there through missionaries and evangelists who are sharing the gospel. And what's wild about this is if you look, the nations that are providing most of the missionaries and most of the, uh, uh, the evangelists, those are the nations that need to be evangelized and Christianized the most. Do you realize that other Christian nations are sending evangelists to the United States? That ought to slap us in the face. There's not a town or, or a county in this country where there's just not about a church on every corner. Why does somebody need to send a missionary to the United States? Because we have people that are afraid to go into these cities that are run amok. They run them up. And you, 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 you stand the chance of being arrested. What's, Christians have been arrested ever since Christ came. Preach the gospel wherever you go and when necessary use words. Does our life reflect that? Look, time's getting short. I have no idea 
when God's coming back, but I know it's not as long as it has been. I noticed that the Bible's being fulfilled daily. I read an article this week where out in the middle of a desert, a river formed. Ezekiel said it. 4,500 years ago, Ezekiel said that there will be springs gushing up from the dry desert that will form rivers of life. It happened. It happened last month. And the river can't stop it. They go to the source and it's a hole in the ground with the water bubbling out. God also said that the Tigris River would go dry. It is. It's down to a trickle. looks like a creek down here. It was wide. It was almost a mile wide. Great river. as a trickle. When you cross the creek down here, look at it. That's what's running down it now. He said it would run dry. The only one that can do that is the creator of it. Pay attention. God is working everywhere. God is working everywhere. See, our present seeming defeat at the hands of ungodly troublemakers is overshadowed by the just judgment in the coming day of the Lord. We know He's going to, you know, who wins the war? Who wins the battle on earth? Jesus Christ. So all this stuff that's going on is a prelude. Birth pains, remember? Birth pains. They're coming. It's coming. Will I be here to see it? I don't know. He might. He might. Don't know. But I'm to live, and you're to live like it's going to happen today. And so with that, I'm gonna I'm a little bit short on time. Or I got a few more minutes, but I about reached the end of my sermon. Um I got to talking so fast, I outrun myself. Um you know, the Lord's coming. And in that day, they're going to see Him from the clouds across the world. They're going to see Him. And when they see Him, it will not be by electronic means. They're going to see the sky part. And they're going to see Him coming. And there's going to be a great shout that's going to be heard around the world. And for all the flat earthers, around means around. And there are some out there. If they take a... Never mind, I'm, I'm just... I'm, anyway. Uh, it'll be heard around the world at one time. Where the flat earthers come from is when it says, from every corner of the earth they shall be gathered. They can't comprehend corners and circles. You know, a square can fit in a circle if it's the right size. Drives physicists crazy. But anyway, um, God's coming. Who do we know that needs to know that God's coming? Who do we know that needs to hear? Look, there's coming a day. There's coming a day where you're not going to be able to choose. You know, for 120 some years, Noah built the ark. And then when God put all the animals in it, and He sealed the door, only eight people made it. 
Only eight people. And everybody else on the face of the earth died. I know for a fact there's going to be more than eight people in heaven. And when God seals that door of salvation, it's closed forever. You want to make sure you got your seat on the salvation ark. You do. Because the alternative is not anything that was described and made for human beings. Hell is a physical place. Hell was not designed for humans. It was designed for fallen angels. It was designed for those angels that rebelled with Satan and were kicked out of heaven. And if it's bad for them and they don't want to go, how bad do you think it's going to be for a human being? See, we were given choice. Angels didn't have that. I can remember my mother-in-law talking about she had angels sitting with her. And she said they were real intense and in watching everything she did. And especially when she put the snuff in her mouth. She said they were real close. She would ask them questions they never answered, but they sat with her. When she got up in the middle of the night, they would light her path for her to go to the bathroom. And see her path lit back to her bed. One night they got to doing something and she told them they had to be quiet. They were keeping her awake. And they did. She said they were making too much racket. My mother-in-law was a godly woman. When she talked about God, she had a reverence in her voice. When she talked about her mother and her father, she had a reverence that was just a little bit below that. She passed away. She was 102 years old. Almost 103. It was right before her birthday. See, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the earth. We honor the father and the son that our days may be spent with him in eternity versus the alternative separated from him forever in, tor in torment and turmoil that wasn't created for us. It wasn't. And God never intended any human being to be in hell. He never intended any human being to reject Him. But He will never force Himself on you. You have to do that. You have to make that decision. You're standing in the community. You're standing in the church. Your, for lack of a better term, your genealogy has nothing to do with your salvation. That is an individual thing. Whether your family and genealogy back has never accepted Jesus Christ, you can. Whether your family and genealogy has served the Lord all the way down, you still have to do that on your own. It may be in your genes, but you're going to have to bow and ask God forgiveness. That's the only way. People will tell you there's all kind of ways to God. There's only one. And that's through Jesus Christ. And He said it Himself. And that door is going to close one day. Sooner than later. So no matter where you're at in life, no matter what's going on in your days, the altar will be open here in a few minutes. You can come and pray. 
You can come. I'll pray with you. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and it seems like the coals, this is coals and not burning with fire, come and pray. Somebody will pray with you. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you're on fire, come and pray with somebody that's down here. Come pray with me. That my, my flames will be stoked. If you don't know who He is, come down. Accept Him today because we're not promised the next minute. We can kill over and our eternity is set for eternity. God loves us. He's given us opportunities. He's long-suffering and patient. Not because He's weak. It's because He loves us. He loves His creation. I love y'all. Christ loves y'all. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, that you give us the reason to be able to overcome these feelings of defeat, these feelings of loss by the society around us, these feelings like it's all gone to hell in a handbasket. Lord, we know the end story. We have to believe it. We have to grow upon it. We have to thrive in the midst of the world you set us in. You called us for this time at this place. Lord, let us be powerful and obedient soldiers in your army to carry out your mission and your mission alone. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.